Hi, I'm Andy Psarianos. Hi, I'm Robin Potter. Hi, I'm Adam Gifford. This is the School of School Podcast. Are you a math teacher looking for CPD to strengthen your skills? Math No Problem has a variety of courses to suit your needs. From textbook implementation to the essentials of teaching math mastery, visit mathsnoproblem.com today to learn more. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the School of School podcast. And today, Robin, of course, is here. Say hi, Robin. Hi. Today, we've got Rosie Ross with us again. How lucky are we? And of course, Rosie, we know Rosie, she's a pioneer, uh, mastery specialist, and and a huge, uh, geez, I don't know, what, what do we say? We, we just love <laughs> Rosie at Mass No Problem. So, uh, hi, Rosie. Hi, that's very kind. <laughs> no, I'm delighted to be here. Good. Well, we're delighted to have you. For those who might not know... Um, who you are, hard to believe, because you're always, uh, always around. We always writing blogs and and coming to the conferences and speaking and stuff. Um, and you're going to be at our next conference too, I hear, right in November. I am, yes. Very yeah. exciting, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so that's going to be in Manchester in November. Um, November? Not November. What am I saying? May. In May. May. <laughs> well, I don't even know what time of year it is. But Rosie, just tell tell us a little bit about yourself for those who might not know you. So I've been teaching for a long time, so about 26 years. Um, I'm at St. Bridget's now in West Kirby in the Wirral, lovely school to be in. Um, and I'm assistant head teacher there, but I'm also math subject lead, which is great. And I do a little bit of work with other schools as well through the NCTM. So I, I get the best of all worlds really in class and, you know, doing the maths that I love as well. So Rosie, today we're going to talk about assessment, but pretty much most areas of leading and developing math. So Absolutely. <laughs> so let's start with assessment. What, yeah. wh- where does assessment fit into this whole thing of teaching math? Oh, ass- assessment is everywhere, literally everywhere, because it, that's your bread and butter, isn't it? You know, how, how mm. do we know how to teach? Because we're assessing our children. How do we know where to go next? Because we're assessing our children. You know, how, how do we design our curriculum? Because we're assessing our children. So, and I think it's about understanding, really knowing what assessment is, because, you know, I, you know, when I was a new teacher, assessment to me, I just saw it as something that happened at the end. Whereas I think we've got a better understanding of assessment now. And we know that it, it happens, you know, before we teach, isn't it? So having those conversations with a previous colleague is part of your assessment in a way. You know, what went well this year? What didn't go well this year? So you've got that um, prior knowledge. Assessment in the lesson, I think that's something that really interests me. How do we assess in the moment? So for us, it's those questions, really thinking about the questions that you're going to want to ask in a lesson. We do have those responsive questions that come in the moment. But I think as a teacher, you've actually got to plan in what are those questions that I'm going to need to know the answers to, because that's going to shape whether I'm going to go this way or that way in a lesson is going to shape whether this lesson's going to take one day or maybe I'm going to have to split this lesson over two days because, you know, I just need to know how we're going. So that's that formative assessment for us as well. Journals, our journals are a really key part of our assessing children's thinking. 
um, in the lesson, in the lesson moment, and also um, after the lesson, what were they thinking? What really resonated with them? What might I want to pick up on in my next lesson as well? So all of those sort of formative style of, of assessments that are going on really shape um, your lesson and your teaching because you have got to be responsive to the children's need. Mm. What is it that they need? Where, where do they need to go next on the journey? Or do they actually just need to stay where you are on the journey because you need to spend a little bit longer on that? And then, of course, we have our summative assessment. I mean, we use um, the insights assessment in our school, which has been absolutely brilliant for us because we're assessing our taught curriculum. And I think that's very, very important. You know, what are you assessing? You're assessing what you, what you teach. Now, we have obviously two levels of our summative assessment. We've got our workbooks that we use at the end of each lesson and that's kind of like your exit ticket if you like mm. right that summarizes so the children will do their workbooks we will mark those together because it's good to have the conversation pick up any misconceptions straight away yeah if there's something a little bit more critical we'll pick that up in the afternoon but you know once that lesson's done i can sort of whiz around those workbooks and go yep got it got it got it got it oh i need to just pick up on you a little bit and it just means that we're all keeping on moving we're not leaving anybody behind and then we've got that more formal sort of summative assessment that we um, use when we're using the insights, which we're assessing our taught curriculum. We're assessing exactly what we have taught and the children's understanding. And the lovely thing with that as well is, you know, we can see trends then from that. We can see hmm. we are all having a problem with this aspect. We haven't, you know, we haven't been able to retrieve this aspect of maths. Let's go back. Where was that in the in the textbook? Where was that bit taught? Okay, let's put some more work in on that. Let's pull that in to another part of our day as well. So, and we can see trends across school as well. And then then you sort of empowering your teachers, and you, you can sort of pass that information on can't you so you know i'm in year six year five might say to me well actually do you know what we noticed in the summer when we did our summative assessment yeah pretty much all the children got stuck on this bit you might want to think about that when you're t teaching this topic again you might want to backtrack to that so it's about those conversations as well so i think good assessment informs your teaching it's what you do with the assessment you're not just fattening the pig you you, you know <laughs> you're actually doing something with that yeah and i would think it's it's a great tool to be sharing with parents as well because mm. You, you can really break it down to show each part of uh, the learning with the parents, you know, and then having being able to say, this is how your child is doing. And this is really, we notice this mm. and whatever it is. It's, I, I would just think it's, it seems invaluable. Maybe it's a shameless plug for insights um, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. But it just, to me as a parent, I would love to be able to, you know, see it broken down in a way that is also understandable to me as well as to the student and to the teachers so yeah because I think yeah absolutely as a parent because you know and I think it's useful as a teacher isn't it because we have to report that's a, we statutory duty to report on the progress and attainment of our of our pupils so if you've got a tool that you can actually open up and go actually it's there it's absolutely clear 
they can do x y and z but you know what they find this little bit tricky and here's an example of the question that they find tricky you can't make it clearer than that when you're communicating with parents and parents do want to help their children they do want to know so to be able to go well actually this is the type of question they find really tricky you know you might want to have a look at doing xyz with them brilliant for intervention as well because you know i can have that conversation with with teaching assistants and say you know what when i was marking these papers I can see that this was something they found tricky. These are the types of questions. But actually, though we're in year six, that's a question from year five. So could you go back to that textbook? And it's telling you this is the chapter. I think in your intervention session, they need to do a little bit of work. Just go back over some of those lessons again. So it's just having that support, isn't it? It's what you do with it that, that makes the assessment powerful. Yeah, and just seeing that, that, like you said, you can look at the individual student, but you can also look at them as a class. And when there's kind of an alarm bell going off that, wait a second, we need to stop right here and maybe go back you know, to, to do this lesson again so that they're, they're getting it. It's, that's it's invaluable information. Yeah. And it's, it's intelligent, you know, assessment as well, because I think, you know, prior to us using insights, you know, we didn't really have anything that was assessing our taught curriculum and it's very easy to have papers, but actually they may, they may be assessing things that the children are just naturally going to fail on because it's not maybe a topic that you've looked at you know you haven't taught that yet so why would they know how to do it? it's very generalized whereas you want something that's quite specific and is really assessing what you know what you have taught them so a lot of teachers are afraid of assessment why do you think that is i think that's because of culture and i think that's because of accountability because what does assessment tell us you know assessments has been the tool unfortunately which teachers have been a little bit beaten by you know it's your data <laughs> outcomes you know your performance management is set on these data outcomes and i think that can make people anxious and worried about assessment so it, everything I mean I think that's something I've said in you know all of our talks is it all goes back to your culture doesn't it you know if if we know we've set up our teaching well and our curriculum well if we know we're supporting our teachers and we have a very open culture you know there are there are always going to be dip years there's going to be tricky year groups going to be tricky cohorts things are going to happen we know that as teachers I mean look what happened in the pandemic so I think it's about how your school uses assessment are you using assessment to judge your teachers are you actually using it as something to improve the learning outcomes for your students and they're two very different things because if you're going to use assessment to judge your teachers you know People find ways and means of like, you know, how relevant then does the data become? You know, because if people are scared, are you going to get that honest data? Because, you know, it's natural, isn't it? People want to do the best they can do. If you're looking at assessment is our way of, you know, really making sure our students are supported in the best way that we can possibly support them. Um, assessment is about making sure that our children's learning journey is right for them, then that's a different spin on it, isn't it? And that's your culture. But but then you get honest data and data that's reacted to as well because nobody's feeling that it's something to beat them up with, you know, because, you know, 
teachers want to do a good job they really do so it is thinking about how we use how do how do our senior leaders use that data what's its purpose well it's about transparency and honesty Mm. right and Mm. it's saying you know as a senior leader in the school it's being able to identify like what you said hey you know this is a problem area for us as a school like maybe maybe it's problem solving or maybe it's fractions or maybe it's geometry whatever it is and then recognizing it and say you know what as a school we do really well but uh, we don't do that well with fractions, let's say. And how would you even know that, first of all, as a senior leader in your school? You probably, if you weren't using something like Insights, you wouldn't mm. even know that. You wouldn't know that unless somebody came out and said, you know what, we don't do really well in fractions. There's no way for you to know that. So you may you may be thinking, well, we're doing okay, but you don't really know what we could be doing better at. But if, you, if you're armed with that information, then as, as a prof- professional, hopefully in a school that's transparent, that, that, that is really trying to do the best for the children, they might say, our next professional development, professional learning community focus, learning uh, whatever it is, lesson study focus, needs to be on teaching fractions because we're kind of not really all that good at it. And then that's exactly what you want to be able to do with mm-hmm. assessment data. It's not shaming the ones that didn't do well, but it's saying, how can we be better uh, and, and transparency and honesty is the best way to do that always. But it's hard to get there if that's not the culture in the school right now. Yeah, and that is, that is everything, isn't it? It's all down to culture and it's all down to, you know, why are you there? You're there for the children. But, you know, we're modelling, aren't we? You know, in our, you know, we, were, we wouldn't say to our class, we don't berate our children in our class if they haven't done well with something. We go, OK, what is it that we need to do? And I think we need to be like that with our teachers. I think, you know, as senior leaders, you need to look at your teachers as your class you know and be respectful of those professionals as you would with your children in your class we you know we won't berate our our students for not doing well enough you know so we're not going to have that culture with our, our teachers as well it's all about how can we make things better for everybody you know proving the learning all the time yeah and understanding that that's a long-term objective and it's nothing there's no silver bullet there's no quick fix you've got to put the time you've got to put the effort and it starts with culture and it starts with honesty honesty is a big thing you know and transparency and 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 it's difficult because sometimes people like to hide behind things because they don't trust like if this information gets out you know i'm going to be judged harshly by it so i'm not going to share that information that's a tough thing right um, but assessment can be used as an agent for good. And I think that's what people sometimes don't think about. They, they only see it as an agent for bad. Right? And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm kind of curious though, Rosie, you've been teaching for, you said almost 26 years and I'm thinking how has assessment changed over the years? Good question. And, and I'm hoping you're going to say it's changed for the better, but how has it changed overall? I mean, it has. I mean, when I went in as a very young teacher, I had quite a vague idea of what assessment was. I mean, and I was with very little children then. And 
I know sort of assessment was that it was very accountability driven. It was about outcomes. Um, and I, I went through the period in time as well when um, every year group in a primary school was doing some form of, of SATs testing, though not necessarily nationally declared. You know, they were, it was very much about summer, summative tests, all the time summative tests. And we didn't talk a lot about assessment in the moment day-to-day assessment that formative assessment and I think that's been the improvement now the the real focus on the usefulness of formative assessment I think all the work we've done on as schools on well-being and workload has actually as well made us think differently about assessment because I think we look at an assessment now and we go okay can I use this as both formative and summative so you take something like the insights that we use that's formative and summative. It gives me something to summarise and, and share with parents, but it also forms my next stages in teaching. It forms where we know to, need to go next. We for, It forms CPD needs for, for staff. So one tool does many things, whereas I, I think we had quite a woolly idea about even using formative assessment early on in my teaching career, whereas now I think we're thinking smarter about things. We're thinking about how can we reduce workload? That's why things like Insights are brilliant because you're marking online. It's so quick to mark because you don't want assessment to be onerous and workload heavy. You Mm. just want it to be useful. So yeah, I think assessment has got better from that point of view. Um, And I think... We see it as part of the learning process now, not an end point. It's part of learning, basically, right? It's not... You know, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, you made a reference to the weight of the pig earlier. I mean, it's not about, you know, <laughs> weighing, weighing the pig doesn't help it grow, right? Absolutely. That's quite a famous... Quite a fam- I don't know who said that originally, but... Um, uh, I know the first time I heard it was when Tony Gardner used it at a conference years ago, 2014 conference we did in, in London. I remember, I remember cause that really struck me, but yeah, it, that's, that's the point, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's great to weigh, you know, or, or to measure the children. If you think of it as a measuring stick assessment, it's great, but you know, what are you going to do with that information? If you just use the stick to beat your teachers with it, then that's not really helpful, right? Yeah. It's, it's, what do you do with that information is the important thing with assessment. And being a, being a teacher is a bit like being an archeologist in the sense that there's little bits of information that you find all over the place, you know, just like an archeologist would find a let's say a knitting needle from 300 years ago. And then from that, you have to try to imagine what happened and, and what's the relevance of this thing. That's what you have to constantly do as a teacher is look for those little artifacts all over the place from children. And, and that helps you paint a picture of, because, you know, uh, John Mason at, a, at, at the same conference in 2014, no, this was 2015, John Mason said something really fascinating. He said, you can't, you can never measure somebody's ability. You can't measure somebody's ability. You can only measure the best. You can measure what they've been able to do that day, their attainment, but you don't really know why. Had you pushed them a little bit harder or given them a bit more time, they may have gotten there. Right. So you don't really know what they're capable of. All you really know is what they were able to do in that instant. And and that's a profound that's a profound statement. And we need to remember that all the time, you know, because it might 
Yeah. There's lots of reasons why they may not have performed that day. Might be because they don't like you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It could be that simple. Is there, well, is there anything, Rosie, that, again, we just talked about you uh, seeing assessment changing over the years. Do you see it changing again or moving forward even more? Yeah. I mean, my hope is that, you know, we get smarter with it. I'm very much like, um, Andy was saying, you know, I think we're moving away from labelling children from assessment. It's it's just absolutely, it's a snapshot at this moment in time. And I, and I hope that language of high ability, middle ability, low ability, I hope that becomes language that's obsolete, really. It's just about, oh, look what you, you were able to do at this moment and look how far your journey, your journey has come. I think it's that, isn't it, about the progression in learning for children not about labeling them. That's a great place to end. <laughs> Rosie, we love having you here. You got to come back. I, I you know, I, I wish you were my teacher. I wish when I was small, you were yeah. my Thank teacher. You. Yeah. Where were you when we were kids? Yeah. <laughs> Children at your school are so fortunate to have you. Thanks once again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on the School of School podcast. Thank you.